It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. The news does not stop ever. It's been a little more than 24 hours since Nick Saban retired. Everybody wants to know what is happening with the Alabama coaching search, and we do too. And we're going to talk to Tim Watts from Bama Online in about 15 minutes, catch you up on the latest on that one. One of the names we've heard in that Alabama coaching search is Mike Norvell from Florida State as a potential candidate. Kalen DeBoer from Washington is another one we've heard. Uh, Mike Loxley from Maryland. Maybe Tommy Rees, the Alabama offensive coordinator. We've heard that one too. But the Norvell one's interesting because of the news that just came out on Thursday night. So Ross Dellinger of Yahoo reported and Florida State and the NCAA have now announced that Florida State was hit with some NIL-related sanctions by the NCAA. And interesting the way it works. So Alex Atkins, the offensive coordinator, is the one who will get a show cause. He'll be suspended for three games this coming season. And it is for driving a prospect to an NIL related event to to meet with a person about nil uh basically the rules don't allow for schools to arrange nil payments and what's interesting about this is right now at the ncaa convention charlie baker the president of the ncaa is trying to push forward a plan that says schools can do this so essentially alex atkins being punished for something that may not be against the rules by the end of the year but You wonder, does that affect anything here? Mike Norvell not included in these. This is a negotiated resolution between Florida State and the NCAA. I don't think you'll hear much complaining from Florida State. So basically, this is one where normally you think the school would kind of push back saying, hey, you're trying to make this within the rules. Why are you punishing us? But because they negotiated it, I don't think you're going to hear that from them. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd be thrilled if I were Alex Atkins. Now, Mike Norvell, does this affect whether Alabama would want to hire him? I don't know. My guess is because he's not named in this thing that it probably doesn't really affect it. What it would affect, though, is if Mike Norvell were to get the Alabama job and leave, Alex Atkins would have been a prime candidate to replace him at Florida State, and that might make it a little bit tougher, but who knows? Who knows? Sharon Moore was suspended for the first game of the season for NCAA stuff. He's still a candidate we talk about if Jim Harbaugh leaves at Michigan to potentially replace him and was the acting coach at Michigan when Harbaugh was suspended for four games this season. So I just think we we have to look at this stuff differently. used to be if you got something like this, you were not getting – a better job. You're not getting anything, but it is very curious to see how this gets handled going forward, because this is the first one of these we've seen. The NCAA has not really done much related to NIL. They had uh, something with Miami last year involving women's basketball players, but this is the first one we've seen with football coach, football recruit. So we will see what happens with this one, but it does add a new wrinkle to the Alabama coaching search, as well as to Florida State's situation in general. Now, Florida State, not the only school worrying, hey, is Alabama interested in our coach? We've got Kalen DeBoer at Washington, potentially. We've heard Mike Loxley at Maryland's name. You remember he was at Alabama as the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. He also is the one who, who nicknamed Nick Saban's analyst program the Nick Saban Witness Relocation Program. Tommy Rees, the offensive coordinator, mentioned him already. One name we're not mentioning in the Alabama coaching search, Oregon's Dan Lanning. He made it very clear that he is not leaving Oregon. Now, we don't know exactly if that means that Alabama said, hey, we're, you know, we're good, or if Dan Lanning got interest from Alabama and said, no, 
I'm good. I am staying right where I am. Uh, Dan Lanning and Oregon put out a video on Thursday afternoon on the East Coast, Thursday morning on the West Coast, saying, hey, I'm here. They, they basically turned the announcement into a recruiting video, which you have to admire the dedication to the game. You have to admire the hustle by Dan Lanning to do that because you know they, they could have quietly put this out. They could have kind of, you know, his agent could have called some people or the the folks at Oregon could have quietly called some people. But no, he he made it an announcement to the world. Hey, I am staying at Oregon. It says, if you're scared your coach is le- leaving, then come play for us. They made it a transfer portal recruiting announcement. The Ducks aren't going anywhere, it says. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube version, you're seeing all this. And I'm not leaving. The little, little Jordan Belfort, and he's got the cigar. And that is Dan Lanning turning this into a moment where, again, he can make you know more magic in the transfer portal possibly. Because remember... If your coach leaves, 30-day window, transfer portal open. We'll actually talk more about that with Pete Nakos of On3 later in the show. So much going on with all this stuff. One of the funnier moments was if you know what the site FlightAware is. And look, we're all dedicated college football people here. We've tracked planes. We've definitely tracked planes before. FlightAware had some flight plans filed. Like if you put in the Tuscaloosa airport on Thursday afternoon, you saw some potential arrivals from different cities. There was one from Athens, which I think was actually a real flight. But I don't think it involved anybody from Georgia being a candidate for the Alabama job. One was a flight from Seattle. And one was a flight from Eugene. Now, Dan Lanning had already made his announcement at this point, so I think we, we all knew he wasn't coming. But if you look at the tail number, if you Google the tail number of the flight from Eugene, a picture of the plane would pop up. It's Kid Rock's plane. It has a giant middle finger on the tail. That's not a plane that was taking Dan Lanning anywhere. But there was also a report on Wednesday night that Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa, which again, we'll get to why that's just silly, but there was another flight that was listed as scheduled from Seattle to Tuscaloosa, which there's not usually a lot of flights there. Uh, And if you Google that tail number, it was, there was an extra letter on it, but if you took that letter away, it was the tail number of a Cessna that crash landed in Portland two years ago. Everybody was okay, apparently. So it's just, it's funny because we've reached the point in coaching searches and plane tracking where now everybody's having fun with the plane tracking. So yes, I don't think Kid Rock was giving anybody a ride on Alabama's behalf, but it was a lot of fun. Now, so let's do a little coaching search one-on-one because we we gotta we gotta dispel some things. This will help you follow along with coaching searches. Uh, I, I think there's a few local TV reporters who probably need to hear this more than anybody else because they really don't seem to get this. Sometimes there it's always one of those that comes off with the so and so's wife was found looking at real estate in such and such college town. Well, there was a report on Wednesday night that Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa. Okay. If Dan Lanning were actually up for the Alabama job or were actually going to take the Alabama job, he would not go anywhere near Tuscaloosa. Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, would not meet Dan Lanning in Tuscaloosa. If anything, he would go to Dan Lanning or they would meet in a neutral site. There are a lot of nondescript Sheridans and Hiltons and Marriott's next to DFW and the Atlanta airport, and the Detroit airport, and the St. Louis airport, where they've had meetings with coaches. That's what they used to do. Now that they've got Zoom and and other ways to connect via video, you don't even really have to do that anymore. But if somebody says this coach is in the town of the place where they are hiring, they do not know what they were talking about. They do not understand how any of this stuff works. 
<laughs> feel free to laugh at them. That's not how it happens. So if they hire one of these guys that we're talking about, they probably will talk to them. That person is not making a site visit to Tuscaloosa. It ain't happening. It's not. So next time you see a report like that, just remember that's not how it works. So, but I do appreciate whoever is making these flight aware flight plans, whoever is filing these flight plans. I also, I don't know if that's illegal. I don't think it is, but I'm sure it's frowned upon, but it is funny as hell. Funny as hell. Keep it up. <laughs> the, the Kid Rock plane was a beautiful touch. It really was. Because you, you have to find the picture, and you have to zoom in on the tail, and you see the middle finger, and you're like, oh, I get it now. I see what we're doing here. But that is, that is the joy of coaching searches. So I'm going on, on pardon my take tomorrow. Little magic of podcasting. I've already recorded that segment. So hopefully whatever I said isn't proven completely incorrect by something that happens between now and when the show drops. But I did tell a story. is one of my favorite coaching search plane tracking stories. This is when I was covering Florida for the Tampa Tribune. Uh, the competition was Jeff Darlington of the Orlando Sentinel, who is a, a phenomenal reporter. You see him on ESPN now. This was he was a, he was a baby reporter at this point, but he was still awesome. And so there was a, a flight that he noticed going from Salt Lake City to Gainesville. Now, Urban Meyer was the leading candidate for the Florida job. He was also looking at Notre Dame at the time, and. Flights from Salt Lake City to Gainesville do not happen very often directly. Like, it's just not, it's not something that happens. So, needless to say, he inquires about this. Now, Florida had not hired Urban Meyer yet. I don't believe Notre Dame had had their chance to make their pitch to him. So, I think that was what, was what they were waiting on. And so, Jeff goes to the airport and waits it out, and the plane lands, and he checks it out. It's not Urban Meyer. I call him up. I'm like, what, what was it? And he goes, it was a liver. So they were flying a liver from Salt Lake city to Gainesville to use to transplant into someone. So hopefully that person enjoyed their liver. And I don't know if they ever found out that everybody thought their liver was urban Meyer for a few hours, but yeah, it is a, uh, it's unbelievable how crazy this stuff gets, and especially because it's Alabama. It's Alabama. An Alabama coaching search, it, it, it's been so long since they had a coaching search. Nick Saban's been so good, and it's it's very hard. So Stupsified in the chat says, hearing Sark to Tuscaloosa, hashtag lock. Uh, I don't know why an Oklahoma fan would want Steve Sarkeesian to leave Texas. Although Alabama is a conference rival now too, so not sure what that means. But yes, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is one that it. If you get on the Bama online message board, you don't see a lot of positive comments about any coaches. I think their number one choice is Nick Saban changes his mind and comes back. But Sark seems to have the most positive buzz of any of the people that that might potentially get the job. Nick uh, Lane Kiffin has positive buzz as well, but that's one. I don't know that the Alabama administration is, is going to be gung-ho about bringing Lane Kiffin back. But the Sark one is interesting because my question on this one is, with no Nick Saban in Alabama, does Sark have a better job at Texas? And that's my I, – because I go back and forth. Like, in the era of NIL, Texas has way more resources and, and a lot more rich people – that like Texas, that will help you with NIL. And let's say they bring NIL in-house, Texas still has more money than everybody else. So Sark's got it going now. He got him in the playoff. He beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa last year. I don't know. I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see why he would leave at this point because it would be, I just, I, it would be taking a job that's in a similar place, but there's actually more pressure for the Alabama job right now. Now, if Sark ever wins a national title at Texas, then the pressure would be the same. It'd be basically, you're going to win the national title every year or else. But 
that's what it is right now at Alabama. That's not what it is right now at Texas. And you get all the money and you have all of the, the recruiting base and the population and all that. So uh, it's, it's just so much to digest. There's so much to talk about. We're about to bring on Tim Watts from Bama Online, who knows this stuff better than anybody, who covered the last coaching search that landed Nick Saban. But first, I got to tell you about prize picks. The NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. I know you want to have a little more fun with the NFL playoffs. So here's what you do. You download that prize picks app. You use the referral code Andy, and you receive an instant deposit match up to $100. So you deposit $100, they will match you $100. And so prize picks is America's best daily fantasy platform. And here's how it works. You pick squares. So you can pick as few as two squares, as many as six squares. And you say, okay, who do I think is going to have a great game today? Like, let's look, let's look at the, the Texans-Browns game as a good example. And by the way, Prize Picks has the demon squares up, which those are a lot of fun. I'm going to tell you how those work in a minute. But basically you say, okay, I think C.J. Stroud will have more passing yards or less passing yards than the number that they've put up. Or Joe Flacco will have more passing yards or less passing yards. And you pick as few as two squares, as many as six, and the amount that your money multiplies by if you win – goes up the more squares you choose. So these demon squares, harder numbers than the regular ones, but also increase payouts. Like for example, if you pick two demon squares, you can make six times your money. If you pick six demon squares and get them all right, which would be very difficult, you can go up to 97 times. So like Joe Flacco's demon square is 324 and a half. That is a lot of yards for Joe Flacco. So if you go to the Demons where you got to pick more. Now he's got a he's got a regular one that's less and you can pick more or less if you think he's going to have a bad night. So it's a lot of fun. Definitely a way to to get, keep yourself very engaged watching that game. Prize picks, download the app, use the code Andy, they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And by the way, college basketball NBA, esports. I don't even know how that works, but yes, you can figure out, you can decide if someone's going to have more or less kills on the first screen of a certain game. And then you can pick that square. So it is truly amazing. Prize picks, download it, referral code Andy, they'll match you up to 100 bucks. All right, let us talk to Tim Watts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, Tim. Hello, Andrew. So, Tim, you're the publisher of Bama Online. Your job is covering Alabama. You've been doing it for a long time. Uh, we, we've actually made a handy list, Tim, of all the things that didn't exist the last time Alabama had a coaching search. Um, this will be good. The, the iPhone did not exist. Uh, the consumer LED light bulb. So, you know, you had to have the, the light bulbs right. with a filament, and, and now you don't. Yep. Uh, Venmo didn't exist. So you had to have cash to give to other people. Uh, air fryers, self-driving cars, uh, Uber and Airbnb all did not exist the last time Alabama had a coaching search. Well, I tell you for sure that the uh, iPhone didn't because I was a Blackberry guy starting <laughs> off in this business. I actually loved it because the keyboard feel I could I could text like typing. But yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. Um Coaching has changed so much. You know, back then there was interviews and there was rumors and there were people sneaking around to meet visits and all. This one's just had a ton of excitement. I mean, it's been 24 hours since Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa, right? Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I that's right. He wasn't. Oh, wait. No, he wasn't actually. Right. In you know, the thing is hilarious to me because, you know, in hindsight, we found out late last night he was at home with his family watching a movie. So he's at home minding his business, probably put his phone up thinking, hey, it's the dead period. <laughs> Not a lot's going to happen. He gets up to, you know, grab a, you know, grab a Coke or whatever. And he's got 718 messages saying, where are you? There's rumors you're in Tuscaloosa. I mean, that's probably pretty shocking to the guy, you know? So I think to have that 
24 hours ago, you know, to be at that mode and then to be where we are today. So the search is living up to everything we thought it would be. The drama, <laughs> the rumors, the guy on Twitter with 72 followers who has the scoop. You know, we're seeing a little bit of everything and it's been fantastic. Well, I, I miss the groomers. That's I, I'm mad that, that John Gruden is not a candidate for the Alabama job because those were my favorites. That those was like John Gruden is at Calhoun's, which is the restaurant across the street from <laughs> Neyland Stadium. Like John Gruden's there right now. Those were my favorite. Like, you want to know what my favorite groomer was, Tim? So somebody told me that John Gruden was in a private plane circling McGee Tyson Airport. And that they would give them the signal, like they would call up to the pilot and say, okay, you can land it and, and take the job now. And oh I was God. like, what if they run out of gas? What if they wreck playing around? You know what I mean? What if something right. goes wrong and they crash and they kill John? I mean, that would be terrible. I mean, I've seen a lot of great coaching searches. His was good. You know, the best rumor for me was the Nick Saban to Texas. I'm sure you remember oh, that, John. Yeah. I mean, Miss Terry and Austin looking Terry at real game. estate. It was awful for me. I had an Army All-American game. I've got strip throats so bad I can't barely swallow. There's rumors that Nick Saban's in Texas looking for houses. And I'll never forget, I had somebody I know, who I won't name because he's probably watching this in this business, tell me that Terry Saban was shopping for houses. And she was doing it incognito, right? But mm -hmm. she had a police escort. <laughs> She has a put like she's doing it low key incognito. Now, bear in mind, Texas has plenty of, you know, wealthy middle aged women that look right. like Terry Saban throwing a hat and glasses. She could have walked in any place in the world because at the time she's not as famous as she ended up now. I mean, we've seen a lot more of her in this mm -hmm. last five or six year window. So that was the key. It was like he's age. She's doing it, you know, incognito. But she has a uh, police escort. So. Yeah, that was like and like an Alabama State Trooper escort, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean it was a. Uh, I've, I've seen some good ones. That's a good one. I mean, I've covered so many at one stretch. I needed a seventeen-year run of not covering them. I mean, I lost <laughs> a coach driving to an AAU basketball game in a text on a flip phone that said, "Your coach got caught with a prostitute in Panama City." <laughs> back in the, when I'm like, I'm driving to Texas. Like, what does this say? Is that right? You know, back then you had to go pushed three times to get to see. So a text message took <laughs> a lot of effort to send. So I'm reading it like, that can't be right. And, you know, so I've seen a lot. Shula, DeBose, I've seen a lot come and go. Franchoni not leaving and left. And even the way Saban came was as dramatic as it could. 37 days or whatever it was to name him. So I'm not surprised we've got a little bit of drama. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I... And then, he, yep, and then, boom, he was. And then the Miami <laughs> people attacking him. And the Dolphins fans were livid. I would go on shows. They would get me on a show saying, this is the radio in Miami. And I would have Dolphin fans ripping me a new one. Like, they so were like, so like mad. you did it. <laughs> well, they were so mad at me. And I was like, guys, I, I have nothing to do with this. I didn't drive his car. I didn't pitch him a dollar. I didn't recruit him or anything. But it was the Dolphins fans that were the maddest, the NFL fans, very livid about it. Uh, Bama Moore, by the way, correcting your redneck Riviera geography. I believe Artie's Angels was in Pensacola okay. and not Panama City. That's the panhandle. Panhandle. It's, LA, it's LA, Tim, lower Alabama. Okay. <laughs> I stand correct. Hey, I was driving to Houston. I could, I mean, that happened. So I, I went there by the time I got back, it was over. So it's all, it's all, it's all happening on I 10. That's, that's all there is to it. But so let, let's, let's talk about this search right now because. We've heard a bunch of names, and I've thrown all of those names out on this show tonight. I've, I've said, you know, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Norvell, Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Loxley, uh, even Tommy Rees, the, the offensive coordinator. Uh, where do you think Greg Byrne is going to go with this? I have a theory, and there's not a lot based around it other than the confidence he felt when he made his 72-hour announcement and there's a lot of confidence in that statement. He didn't really leave a lot of leeway that it might, you know, like we might know more in 72 hours. He was felt pretty confident. So I feel like he knows who his man is. I think he has a guy he is going for full throttle. I think he's got an A guy he's going to go after. 
you know, deducing who it might be, I would suggest maybe Steve Sarkeesian would be the top candidate, connections to Alabama. Nick Saban's still going to be around the program. Um, you know, you know, help, uh, you know, rejuvenate his career. Now, mm-hmm. I granted, I understand how great Texas is. I understand the program's great. They got a ton of money. They're in the playoffs. They're rocking and rolling. Not taking any of that away from Texas. I understand the obstacle. But I think in this situation, you're placing Nick Saban. You got to take your shot. And I think he's as good a shot as any. Kirby Smart's another one. I think you go straight for your shot. And I do think even if he doesn't hit that shot, he's got someone he has in mind. So, and again, I think you got a couple guys lined up. There's a lot of confidence in the fact he's going to get his guy. So, let me let me throw this name out here because this is one everybody asked me about, and I, I would be skeptical to see him as as Alabama's head coach. I, I I somehow doubt the administration would would be willing to bring him back, but it would be fun as hell if he did. Lane Kiffin. Yeah, that'd be fun for some, you know. I think that, like, you know, I, you know, we've always heard that bridges were burned when he left. Um, haven't really heard his name mentioned. I will tell you, if you just take straight football coaching and what happens on the field, it's a natural, natural transgression, not transgression, a transfer from old. I, I think that was a Freudian slip, Tim. I, I, I probably was. I'm trying to trying to mind my business tonight. But, <laughs> yes, I do think that it would have been an easy transition to go from Ole Miss and then back to Alabama, a job I think he covets. I mean, Lane Kiffin it wants to be in the spotlight, nothing against Ole Miss at all, but he wants to be at Texas, Alabama, Michigan, USC, Ohio State, the big-name schools. So. But I've always heard that it's just never going to happen. And I haven't heard anything in this coaching search to make me think it would happen. I've had people at Alabama tell me absolutely under no circumstances would it would ever would it, it would ever happen. So I haven't heard his name right now, but I mean Lane has a lot of a lot of fans. They're on Twitter mostly. They love him. Yeah. I mean he's a, he's a Twitter. He's the only coach that'll troll you on Twitter. But he's also doing a good job where he's at and he seems to they threw a lot of money in the NIL. You know, he mm-hmm. got you know got a whole team around him. So you know maybe he's happy there. Well and, and that's the thing. He He's in a good spot. He's bringing back a team that maybe preseason top five, probably definitely top 10. And it, it would be hard to leave right now anyway. But um, I was going through your message boards earlier today. It heart. seems like everybody is a little skeptical of everybody. Like they don't want Kalen DeBoer because he, he doesn't know how to recruit the South. They don't want Mike Norvell because of what happened in the Orange Bowl. Like it, they're, they're, they're pro- like the, it seems like the only person that, that they'd accept is Nick Saban changing his mind. They would take Kirby. I okay. They, I don't think make, Kirby's leaving his alma mater where he's won two national they, titles. They, they would make an allowance for Kirby, possibly Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, it's you knew what it, you knew what it was going to be like replacing Nick Saban, right? I yeah. Mean, you knew it was going to be impossible. You know, it's like being married to the prettiest girl in the world and then getting a divorce. I mean, it's going to be hard to stack up there. We knew what was going to happen there for Alabama fans matching up. Um, but then again, I think you're looking and have to kind of trust that Nick Saban's going to be part of this process. And college mm-hmm. coaches, I mean, there's it's not as strong college coach-wise when you look at it as it was 10 or 15 years ago probably. It's probably going to get even weaker if these rules in this calendar don't change. I mean, the calendar, basically, Nick Saban said it just ran him out of football. So there's other coaches. I mean, imagine being a 45-year-old coach with two young kids, can't see any T-ball, no cheerleading, and all that stuff. Go to the NFL, they leave – you get all six, seven months over there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going to poke holes in most guys. Um, and there's flaws with everybody. I mean, obviously, Kalen's did a terrific job with Washington's a heck of a coaching staff. The offense, it was fantastic, but he doesn't have any ties to the South. We don't know if he recruits, and you know how it is here, you know, mm-hmm. in the dirty, dirty, it's all about recruiting. So, but then yeah. again, you look and you think the head coach comes in, you get three or four guys, there'll be plenty of assistants willing to get involved. He can help pay the way pave the way. So, but there's definitely going to be warts to the Alabama fans on basically every candidate. Oh yeah. Cause you're holding them up, comparing them to Nick Saban. And that's, that's the hardest part of it. And yeah, you know, possibly, yeah. Steve Spurrier was talking about, you never want to be the guy after the guy, which, you know, <laughs> God bless Ron Zook. He, he, he set the table for urban fire very nicely he in did. that particular situation, but it is, it is very difficult, especially when the coach leaves, in a good situation, like Spurrier left, 
2001 was one of his better teams. It didn't end the way he wanted it to because they lost to Tennessee. But when he left, Rex Grossman's coming back, and Zook gets you know piled on with all these expectations. And if you actually look back at his record, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But I, I, I'll go back to to Alabama. You know, when Bear Bryant retired, the couple coaches they had afterward, you know, they just it seemed like they were rare to get out of there because there is so much pressure. Yeah, and also I think you have to factor in out. When it ends, it usually ends badly, right? It's usually yeah. on a decline. I mean, again, you use the Patriots right now. That's not a testament to the, you know, the coach, the career that Bill Belichick's had, but they're certainly on the decline. Uh, Pete Carroll's the same way with the Seahawks. Seahawks, they're, you know, much less than they were than their back-to-back Super Bowl teams. And uh, um, you can see the coach having to pick up the pieces. Now, that's not Alabama. Alabama's got a loaded roster. They signed the number one class in the country last year in 2023. They signed the number two class in 2024. Three-star offensive lineman coming back, really good offensive lineman. They got a quarterback room that's loaded. They got extremely talented running back room. They got wide receivers. They got guys like Caleb Downs, a freshman All-American. Deontay Lawson decided to come back. I mean, they've got a lot of talent. And also Nick Saban's going to be in the building. You know, I don't think he's going to be doing the 9-to-5 Monday to Friday but I do think he's going to be around. They said he was recruiting today. He's calling kids and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's easier transition at Alabama. And also there a lot's changed because you've got the portal, you know, yeah. You know, Mike Norvell. This is not, this is not Ray Perkins and, and Bill yeah. Curry trying to, trying to replace bear, it, but you're right about the portal. Now, if the players don't like the hire, the portal kills you. But if it's a, if they feel like it's a good hire, absolutely. It's, it's something that can help you quite also, a bit. Also factor in the early signing period, because usually in the mm-hmm. past, the coach retired early January. These kids, yeah. Deep, yeah, they're taking visits. They are not signed. These, you know, the 80, 90 percent of the top recruits in the country are signed already. I would guess 60 or, you know, Alabama had 16, 17 guys on campus already enrolled that had signed. So that's another window shut down. So that calendar works in your favor in, in these circumstances. While from a time standpoint, it certainly does not. Yeah. And they had guys practicing and that's the thing everybody's got guys practicing now so they're not they're probably not going anywhere they've gotten a little taste of that and they're like "Ooh, i kind of like this so this this will be a very fascinating situation so you mentioned greg burns 72 hour statement which would peg the hire at some time around saturday afternoon early saturday evening i do do you think he's going to be able to make that deadline i mean i would if I said it's going to be 72 hours, I would because I'm the kind of guy that would kill me if I wasn't. I imagine a guy that professional. That's why I said there has to be a lot of confidence in to say that window. I mean, 72 hours isn't a round number. That's not That's not even just saying three days or a week. or anything. That is literally saying in 72 hours. Yeah, by the hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like that show with Kiefer Sutherland, 24 hours. You got 72 <laughs> hours in the clock. You know, you just click the clock. You got 72 hours. He put himself under the pressure there. And that tells me that man's pretty confident. You remember he brought, you know, Nate, Nate Oates. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one thing about it, like I've been, you know, I love Alabama fans. My friend, you know, I have a ton of friends that are Alabama fans, but they're, we're often quite delusional because when Nate Oates was hired, hey. oh yeah, I'm one of them. When Nate Oates was hired, dude, they were losing their mind. The dude from Buffalo, what's up with that accent? He can't recruit the South. What the hell's going on? He was a high school coach in Detroit just like three years ago. What are we doing here? Yeah. If you ask those guys tonight, and I've been texting with them the last 24 hours, they're like, no, we knew Nate had promise. I said, he's a high school coach from Buff. What are you talking about? (laughs) You were yelling at me, saying we missed all, you know? And their wish list was who? Coach K, John Wooden, (laughs) Pat Riley was on the hot board. (sighs) So I will say Greg Bryant's got a little enough history there to make you feel – like he has some confidence. And again, he put the clock on himself and he said it to a lot of people. And again, it could be 80 hours. It could be 70 hours. He can announce it tomorrow at six o'clock, but there's definitely with some confidence there from his part. Yeah. And that's what I, I feel like I, and I've talked to Greg about this over the years. He understood this will be the biggest moment of his tenure yeah. as Alabama's athletic director. He always had a list in his head of who you call and and I'm I'm guessing that he probably had some inkling this might happen but even if he didn't when Nick Saban tells him 
he's probably got four or five names that are like, okay, these are the guys that I'm going to check with their agents right now and see what we're doing here. Yeah, I think he probably had a little bit of a practice run, complete speculation, but last year, maybe the year before, that he's like, hey, this guy could be getting tired. This guy yep. could be retired. What about 2020, which was basically a dream season, right? You had all the first-round mm -hmm. picks. You had a Heisman winner, national championship, and all-SEC schedule. That's right out in the sunset. So I think he knew this was coming at some point. So I think, like you said, mentally he was prepared, probably had a Rolodex. Jimmy Sexton's obviously involved. So, I mean, you got all that that work in there. So I don't think he just – Nick Saban said he's retiring, and he said, oh, crap, and grabbed his phone and started looking for numbers. Yeah. Well, that's – and the Jimmy Sexton part is really interesting. There was video of Jimmy Sexton walking into the complex, and obviously he represents Nick Saban, so there's probably some, some paperwork that needs to be done there. But he and Greg Byrne could just sit down because the names we've heard in this search are almost all Jimmy Sexton clients – uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Kalen DeBoer, uh, Mike Norvell, Mike Loxley. Those are all Jimmy Sexton clients. Uh, Tommy Rees is not, he, he's got a different agent, but it's, it's interesting when or Lane Kiffin, if, if, if they wanted to talk to him, like all of those guys, Greg Bergen can say, okay, how does, how does Sark feel? How does Kalen feel? How does Mike feel? Oh, yeah, you can go in and kind of have a feel anyways of who's happy, who's getting raises, who wants more money, who's in a situation they like. You know, the one thing I've learned with coaching changes, we've seen some insanity with coaching changes. Again, I don't know if there's ever been a bigger one for me than Nick Saban leaving the Dolphins. Fresh on the hill, Rich Rod being offered. Fresh on the hill yeah. saying I won't be the coach. I think if we went back and could go back in our DeLorean, throw in the plutonium and go back and see – how wild that was. Now it feels like, no, I always knew he was coming. You know, that yeah. reminds me of this time. Everybody, I know 500 people starting yesterday after 4 p.m. The news Nick Saban was retiring for months. <laughs> they yeah. didn't tell me anything till after you, 4 p.m. You didn't know that. And, and that's like, I, I was the same way. We were asking all the questions about, is this the last run? This is out of the Rose Bowl. And we were asking the players and we were asking the assistant coaches and we asked Nick Saban. And I never got a sense that anybody saw this coming. He said today he was at 355. He said it with Reese Davis, Charlie Potter, our team guy, has the transcribed. 355, he's going back and forth, going in five minutes. I got to tell him something. Am I staying or am I going? So he's deciding. It almost sounds like the old mythical recruiting commitment. You know, I didn't right. know that I walked up to the podium, but I do believe Nick Saban. <laughs> I just so, re reached into a bag and grabbed a hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, uh, so, obviously, I don't think he knew and everybody else knew and all that stuff. I think that he was back and forth. I think he told Greg Byrne that, hey, this is going to happen. This could happen. Talking to his wife, figuring it out. And, you know, the one thing about it is she's probably unbelievably supportive because she's as much a football wife as he is a football coach, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. She, yeah, she's in it as much as anybody. So, um, he looked at peace today describing it, and I think he will be at peace and – that kind of guy's never going to go out. I mean, I don't think it's, hey, win 20, you know, win another one and quit. I think if he won another one, he'd want another one. I think he yeah. would just keep wanting them. Um, and eventually he had to walk away. So, well, before I let you go, I do want to, I do want to ask about one more name. We talked about this guy last night, but it's come up a lot to me today. People keep asking, uh, what about Dabo Sweeney? Obviously, a former Alabama player, very accomplished head coach, couple of national titles at you know where he beat Alabama. Where would they stand with him? You know, it's hard to really put that in perspective because lived in Alabama a lot of his life. Die, I grew up like I said, I grew up with him. This guy's diehard Alabama fan. Growing up, I mean, Jersey the whole nine yards, straight Alabama rooting his butt off, upset when they lost, went to Alabama as a walk-on, you know, the rest of the story, grad assistant, all that stuff. But he's been in Clemson a while, right? He's carved oh, out yeah. an entire life. His children know nothing but Clemson, South Carolina, for the most part. That's their home. Um, I think that factors in. I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. What stands out to me is Dabo acts and says a lot of the same things that Nick Saban does. I think that mm -hmm. he, he doesn't like the NIL. He doesn't like the transfer portal. He doesn't like a lot of those things. And he's an old school guy. And I just wonder, he's got the perfect scenario. I think he's probably pretty, you know, 
wrapped up there. I don't imagine they would ever fire Dabo Sweeney. I think you leave that security and come here and risk, you know, getting in the fire. But also I know he's a competitive son of a gun too. I've seen that, you know, a lot of our, you know, in our, in our youth and maybe he would be up to that challenge, but I have not heard anything really mentioned in his name. But part of me thinks if you haven't heard their name, maybe that's the guy. Yeah, maybe. I just think the guy who won't take transfers, you can't hire at a place that expects you to win the national title every year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's got standards and stuff he's going to stick to. Like him or not, he is who he is. He's always been that way. You know, he's always thought that way. Um, nothing's really changed with him. And now you see him fighting against some of the stuff that you see the older coaches. Like, I get why it would bother Nick Saban. I mean, you walk in and say, hey, let's talk about next season or go NIL. I can see why a 72-year-old man wants to lose his mind, especially when you heard the stories about him working at a gas station and all the, you know, yeah. those, you know the old school stories us old men have where we walk to snoop school in the snow. So it's probably hard for him to imagine asking for more than six figures. You know, I make 85, mm-hmm. but I need 170. It's probably hard to hear. Yeah. Atmo's got that mentality, although, you know, he's 20 years younger. 18 years younger than Nick Saban. So probably pretty happy where he's at. I don't think he'd be scared of the challenge, but I don't see it as a great fit right now. Yeah. Um, five, five, six years ago, I think a poster, one of your guys just said that. I think yep. probably maybe even after the 2020 season before all this opened up. But, you know, I've talked to people wondering, they wonder how much longer Dabo will coach because it's got to be frustrating for him. You can right. see it I- as it. I see him being more like a Bob Stoops, and and Stoops retired at fifty six. I mean, Dabo's Dabo's been the head coach of Clemson since he was thirty eight years old. It's amazing, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. He's lived, he's already based in coach years. He's sixty five. You know what I mean? Plus, <laughs> exactly. Dabo's an you know Dabo's an entertainer. He could always do you know game day. He could always do you know you know be on the stage and you know exactly like that photo. He could always do that. He's an entertaining speaker, engaging. So that would be something he would enjoy. So he could always walk away from that, be the athletic director, be around the program, almost what Nick Saban is. But I have not, oddly enough, and it's odd because you, you we discussed this for 13, 14 years, whether it would be Dabo, and then the last three years it's just tapered off. But yeah, that's surprising I haven't heard his name more. No, I, I, I think the transfer thing is a non-starter at this point. Because the expect like people have asked me, what will the expectations be for the new coach? And I said – to be the same level of success as Saban. It, they won't be able to meet it, but that's going to be the expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I've talked to people, I've you know talked so much about this recently where they're like, it's going to be so hard for the next coach to be successful. But I will point out Les Miles was really successful mm-hmm. after, after Nick. Nick Saban left. I mean, very successful. And, and then Coach O won a national title after Les Miles. So yeah, it, is, had, it is. Yeah. They had those back to back to back. So I think that, you know, talent's the tail. Recruiting's going to, you know, you know, the Jimmy's and Joe's kind of coach is going to be that guy. Put guys around you. And, hey, that assistant job, that's still mm-hmm. big on your resume to say you're an assistant coach at Alabama. That's still a big school. And um, it's still it's still going to mean something. And, again, Saban's still going to be around the program, which is massive. Yeah, he's going to have an office, right? Uh, Chris, Chris Lowe tweeted out that, that before Saban left that, you know, they, they've cleaned out his old office. He's going to have a new office. He hit a few ball golf balls in the golf facility. And then you hit the road. Well, I mean, that was the, you know, that was the uh, the debate. Nobody knew, like, is he going to, part of me just expected, I think, Nick Saban to say, guys, I'm done. I appreciate you. I'm moving on. Y'all did great. Thanks so much. And to walk out and get in his car, Miss Terry's driving a convertible, and they drove off, and we'd never see him again until he ended up on game day. I thought he'd ride <laughs> out like that. But to find out he's in the office, dressed as normal, he's, I mean, He's got his own office. He's talking to recruits. He's talking to players. You know, the classic, I can yell at you from my office just like I can on the field. <laughs> um, it's that's, a, that's about as dynamic and perfect a scenario as Alabama, the university, could hope for. Can you imagine for the next coach and you get the little knock on the door? No. Hey, hey, it's Nick. Um, I, had, I, was, I had some ideas. I was thinking uh, maybe you try this. Like, <laughs> I mean, one of the can't, he's not going to have an opinion. You know, even funnier is thinking you're on that practice field goofing off and nobody's watching and having this dude round a corner screaming at you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you're with your friends at school and your mom rolls up to the playground and lights you up. So that's uh, right. There, there's a lot of things there that, that's going to, that's going to benefit Alabama. 
Coach Emeritus Nick Saban. Well, you, you mentioned the Jimmys and Joes a while back. The, the Jimmy that matters right now is Jimmy Sexton. So, Tim, yeah, I imagine you and I will be talking quite a bit in the next few hey, days. I'm enjoying this. I know the fans are frustrated, but, I mean, we waited a long time. This is maybe the biggest retirement in the history of college football. I'm enjoying it. I expected it to be what it is. And, you know, I've answered the same question until, I'm, you know, my fingers are numb. But we're here. Might as well finish it. That's exactly right. Tim Watts from Bama Online, thank you so much. You got it, Andy. Anytime, buddy. We're going to see a lot of Tim because I think he's right. I, I think Greg Byrne probably does not give you that 72-hour window unless he's pretty sure he knows what he wants to do. And again, the Jimmy Sexton of it all does keep it nice and contained. This is not a situation where you're dealing with a bunch of candidates represented by a bunch of different people your back channel stuff. Cause part of this is you don't want to talk directly to the people until you're pretty sure you, you want to hire them or, or, you know, and then their, their schools don't want it getting out that they're talking to you. So if you've got one agent representing all of them, it makes that part easy. I always wonder, does it make it easy among the coaches that are potentially looking at this job? If they're all represented by the same guy, cause they think, wait, does he favor that guy over me? Or how's that work? So it is, it's complex. There, there's a lot of moving parts here, but I do think if you're Greg Byrne, it makes it easier to just go to Jimmy Sexton and say, okay, here are the guys that I think might be fits. Any of them want it. How bad do they want it? And who should I talk to first? So I, I think that would, that would be the way to do it. And then you can kind of get a gauge of where, where you are. So I do imagine because of that, it can happen fairly quickly. We shall see. Now, one thing we do know, Nick Saban's retirement has opened the transfer portal window at Alabama. Uh, that's how it works when a coach leaves. The, the window now opens for 30 days. So that means there could be more movement there, probably waiting to see what happens with the new coach. But we got to talk transfer portal. It's been a while. We're, we're all, you know, we had the national title game and the Nick Saban retired. We have not gotten to catch up with Pete Nakos in a while, and we are correcting that right now. Pete Nakos with some transfer portal Nakosifications for us. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It has been a while since we got to talk to Pete Nakos. Much has changed in the transfer portal, and uh, he is covering it all pete i guess we start off with with a a move that happened on thursday that everybody's celebrating but i don't know if it means anything mike norvell florida state coach tweeted about a big man joining the Knoll family and then later florida state releases that terrence ferguson bama offensive lineman has transferred to florida state yeah, I mean, a, a target that Florida State uh, had on its board like minutes after he won in the portal, just talks to some people in Tallahassee. And then Mike Norvell obviously welcomes him today and only uh, sends up the hype train, uh, uh, the speculation train about will he go to Alabama or not? Oh, yeah. Well, the Florida State fans were celebrating because that was the assumption that it meant he was not. I don't know that that necessarily, like, you keep recruiting until you take another job. We don't know at this point, as we're recording this, what they're doing yet. Alabama, is, as far as we know, hasn't offered anybody the job. So Correct. we will find out later. But hopefully there will not be as much flippage as there's been in the transfer portal of late. Uh, one of the, the more interesting stories of the, the early week going to the national championship game was that Georgia had gotten a commit uh, from Jaden Maiava, who was UNLV's quarterback last year. He was a freshman. It was great in that go-go offense that, that, that they run. and But before I got a chance to talk to you, he flipped <laughs> to USC. He did. He did. Uh, spoke to Jade Maiava's NIL representative late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. Um, 
and he had flipped to to Georgia and I mean no he went from Georgia to USC excuse me um yeah. and I mean just what a crazy turn of events and uh just talking to someone about it and and I think being able to uh work under Lincoln Riley um really had a lot to do with that decision to, to flip from Georgia to USC um he's obviously already a, a West Coast guy though um and there's no there's no doubt that he can challenge Miller Moss for the starting job and, and he has everything that USC is looking for in a quarterback right now well and that, that's the thing so he's he's got three years of eligibility left and he can actually compete with Miller Moss for the job right now you can't compete with Carson Beck for the Georgia job right now like that was going to no. be a competition with Alex Puglisi or Gunnar Stockton or whoever it is yep. after Carson Beck so yeah that's a that does seem like a good one he's a very good he was so much fun to watch this year yeah, I mean, like, right, Carson Beck came back be, to help his NFL draft stock. He's not going to lose out to a transfer. And then, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, Mountain West, freshman of the year, um, did so well in Brendan Marion's offense out at, in Las Vegas. And, um, I mean, he has so much upside, too, right? Like, he accomplished so much as a freshman, but he's got the frame. He's got the athleticism. Um, and all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley has his quarterback of the future. Yeah, that and that's the thing. We we were kind of wondering what USC was going to do there because they, you know, were they going to sign a twenty-five guy? Were they going to, you know, bring somebody else out of the portal who was more of a veteran? But this is kind of the this is kind of the best of possible worlds in the portal where you get a guy who you know can play and he has three years left. I mean, yeah, and and there was like a lot of skepticism too about like, oh, what's going to happen? Malachi Nelson's gone. Juju Lewis isn't going to be in LA for a little bit. Um, and Lincoln obviously did not stop recruiting Jaden once he committed to Georgia. And I think it's going to pay off in the long run. And, um, obviously a lot more to build around this quarterback, but it's definitely a, a step in the right direction for Lincoln Riley. So Tackett Curtis, who left USC, he was a linebacker from Louisiana who was day one starter as a true freshman at USC this year. He's headed to Wisconsin. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, too, because I uh, was told about like a week ago that this was going to come down to Ohio State and Wisconsin, and then talking to the Buckeyes and the Badgers earlier this week, um, both were like, oh, yeah, we haven't, we stopped talking to them and stuff, and I think that's really just a sign of how quiet Tacky Curtis and his family wanted to keep this, um, and obviously he's going to land in, in Madison, where um, was arguably the number two spot uh, during his recruitment. Yeah, that's what because Ohio State and Wisconsin both recruited him yep. out of high school as well. So that yet another three three year eligibility guy who's played some. Uh, yeah, that that one it seemed like everybody who recruited him out of high school jumped right back in as soon as he hit the portal. Um, now uh, here's a here's another one. We're, we're back to Tallahassee. Speaking of back to Tallahassee, but this this is one that happened on Wednesday and got completely overshadowed by the Nick Saban news, but. They were celebrating in Tallahassee again because DJ Lundy, the linebacker, was going to transfer to Colorado and then changed his mind and decided to stay at Florida State. Yeah, you know, it, it, this was the one I don't think anyone really saw coming except Florida State obviously had communication with them and um, they did the favor of notifying Colorado before you withdrew from the portal. I think there's a couple factors in this, but at the end of the day, DJ Lundy is a, Lundy is a veteran linebacker. Um, who really has so much experience and, and upside that I think Florida State realized they weren't going to get someone like him in the transfer portal and, and kind of uh, started to have that conversation again after he committed to Colorado and was like, hey, like, how about you come home? Uh, we can make sure that uh, you continue to build on a starting role, and, and we really want you uh, here at Florida State. Yeah, and, and that's that's pretty important, and we'll see we'll see what happens. But obviously the Mike Norvell stuff still up in the air. With the Saban – retirement that opens the transfer portal for Alabama players, right? For 30 more days. Correct. So what are you hearing about? I would imagine there's a lot of schools that would like to see these guys transfer, but it, it seems like they're waiting to find out who's coming. You know, it's funny. I've actually had schools reach out to me and been like, who, who have you heard? I'm like, I have not heard anything. I'm not going to get in this. Uh, but yes, the 30 day window is now open. Um, and, and obviously I think a lot of athletes kind of want to wait and see who they're going to bring into Tuscaloosa. There's kind of a rumor that a decision is going to be made quickly um, and that Greg Byrne might want someone announced by the end of the week. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, but but I think some athletes are definitely waiting to see if they move quickly in Tuscaloosa. 
Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, and and was thinking about that as I was you know going over what Greg Byrne had said, and you do kind of have to move fast in a situation like this because the portal's not open for anybody else. It's right. just open for you right now. I guess if Jim Harbaugh were to leave for the NFL, then the Michigan, you know, guys, but they're it's they still have a couple more days, right, before the Michigan would they have still Michigan and Washington both have till Saturday. And I think yeah. the other really uh interesting part to me, and I'm sure you'll agree, is right, like classes started in at mm-hmm. Alabama on Wednesday, the same day they announced. So like I, I actually called the registrar office today and was like, when is the last day to um withdraw? And that is January 17th. So, I mean, that student athlete, right? Academics mm-hmm. might play a factor. And and we bring this up because a lot of athletes will want to get on campus for spring ball and things like that. And um, a lot of major, major top 25 programs also started classes this week. Yeah, that's what I, I guess you have to be an expert on the drop ad deadline for for all of these schools now. Because, like, I, the, the DJ Lundy decisions kind of – as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh – He's got to be in class. Like he's got to he's got to know what he's doing. So, how many of, of decisions are we going to get here in the next week as guys have to make yeah. one if they want to be in class at their new place? Wrote a little story on that today, and I was kind of like thinking about it in my head, and I was like, "Wow, like all these dominoes are going to fall in the next seven days, so these athletes can withdraw. I mean, drop classes properly and not have a withdrawal on their transcript and get to I don't know whether it be Ohio State, Louisville, Michigan, you." Uh, Miami, Florida, you yeah. name it. But it's all going to have to happen quickly. Um, and then the other, I mean, you mentioned it, right? Like Michigan and Washington, right? There's a domino effect here, right? So, I don't know, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Norvell, all of a sudden then you're going to have a 30-day window at those schools. And then, mm-hmm. oh, who does Michigan or Florida State hire? I mean, it's just going to – so much for it all ending January 2nd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, it, And when there's other sites – it's funny because I was talking to an agent about this and – and they were uh, agents love cycles. They love it when stuff's moving around and there's a lot of moving pieces because they can slot their you know assistant coaches they represent into various staffs. And and I had this agent say, "Man, I'd love another cycle." <laughs> I texted back after Saban retired, said, "Looks like you got your cycle." So <laughs> it is uh it is crazy. But you know, I, I'll ask you this because I've been asked this a bunch lately about the transfer portal, and the obviously there's a lot of angst about it happens during the postseason and it happens you know during this while while schools are trying to sign their high school players mm-hmm. could it be moved is there a way uh because obviously it's pegged around the semester break that's the reason why it's where it is yeah i was another thing i was thinking about today i was like well what if you move it to july right but the flip Mm -hmm. side of that is that's like the one month of the year that coaches actually step away for a minute um yeah so i don't know if that would be greenlit i don't know how you move it right like you brought it up the 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 main reason why it is where it is right now is because of how the academic calendar operates um and it's going to be even crazier next year, right? The, the national title game is going to be on January 20th. Okay, well, it's January 11th today, uh, and classes are started for spring semester. So what if you go to the national title? I mean, so if you thought Malik Murphy's decision was tough this year, I mean, just wait till next year. You might have opt-outs out of a national title game. Well, here's the thing, though. I was thinking about this as I was walking around on the field before the national title game and watching Dylan Morris warm up for Washington. Dylan Morris has already transferred to James Madison. He's already decided, presumably already enrolled. With with the way you can take online classes now, could it be possible that you could just leave it where it is, and in those situations, guys can decide where they're going to go, and if the coach is cool with it, they just keep playing on the team they were on. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be viable and something we see a lot. Um, I guess my personal takeaway, Andy, is it just brings up the whole other conversation of is it time for college football to break away from the NCAA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you could actually have different rules about that. I still think you have to have a CBA before you can do that sort of, yeah. of player movement and, and, and control it in that way. Otherwise you're just going to get sued again. But it is, it is really interesting because you, you may have to like the model that, that Oklahoma state you, cause Gundy did this, for the bowl game this year where if guys wanted to go on visits or play and still play for Oklahoma state, they could, uh, Eli Drinkwitz did it with Missouri for the cotton yeah. bowl and said, you, you can, 
You can visit other schools. You can figure out your situation. Just this is when we need you back for practice, and you're yep. welcome to play with us. I, I think if coaches could do that and accept that, then you probably could make it work. Yeah. Wouldn't – just throwing this out there. Wouldn't something like a – Right, a lot of graduations late April, early May. Like, mm-hmm. what if you moved the portal to uh, May and June, and mm-hmm. then you did your high school camps, and then everyone could step away for a minute? I think they sue you again. That's that. That's what I think, because they're going to want to move and be in spring practice. So, yeah. I, I just that's that's the problem at this point. Po- post that Supreme Court ruling, anything they do that is perceived as restricting the athlete's movement is going to get you sued. And the only way to not be sued is a CBA or an antitrust exemption. They're not getting the antitrust exemption. Most likely the CBA would be the the other solution, but that requires a lot more, a lot more changes. So yeah, Yeah. that's a, I I don't know. I I think it's going to be something they're dealing with until they get to whatever the big changes are. And that's what, what you were talking about. The NCAA conventions going on this week, not something we normally cover on this show because I, I know it puts a lot of the, the viewers to sleep but this is this is the time when you know i i thought it was interesting and, and pete you cover nil they did fast track mm-hmm. and say hey the stuff that the president charlie baker suggested maybe uh maybe the direct schools handling nil is yeah. something that can happen fairly soon yeah i mean it's definitely something that could happen soon the d1 council is going to start taking some measures and it's just so, I mean, it's like the two sides, right? And then on the same day, uh, a couple of representatives on Capitol Hill announced another draft discussion, um, and they're going to have a legislative hearing next week, and that would not allow for Charlie Baker's uh, new uh, subdivision of sports to, to yeah. be allowed. And then, I mean, you heard Jim Harbaugh on Tuesday at the Champions press conference. Yep. He's pushing for unions. I mean, a, a real watershed moment, uh, I think you could say right now in college football. Yeah, they they'll they'll have to figure it out. I I think what you said about college football just being something separate from the NCAA is probably something that they're headed toward, but they're just not. It, it'll they're going to be some fits and starts before they get there. So you and I will be covering a probably very hectic transfer portal this time next year. Yeah, and this one isn't stopping anytime soon. <laughs> I know. I, well, that's the thing. I mean, it depending on what happens at Alabama and Michigan for. Like if Alabama, we're assuming they're going to hire a sitting power five coach. I mean, there's all like maybe they would promote Tommy Reese. I mean, that that's the one I can think of that would stop the the cycle. But yeah. more than likely, they 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 hire and I ooh, I said power five. I can't say that anymore. More than likely, they hire a power conference coach who's already a head coach, and then that will probably cause it. Like if it were Washington or if it were Florida State, and we don't know if it is. But that's something that another power conference head coach might want. Yeah. So you just dominoes start going like crazy and transfer portal windows start opening. Yeah, you know, it's a little crazy too. And then you really start to have these conversations of like, is this, I mean, I don't want to go all preacher on you, but like, is it really the the best thing for the athlete anymore, right? Like if Mike Norvell takes the Alabama job, like DJ Uwe Alunga, it might actually have to like rethink what he's going to do in 2024. Do you know how crazy that is to actually like put out there? Crazy. Yeah. And and he's already, this is his third school and he's already made, you know, gone through the decision-making process and, and gotten to here, but I'm sure. And, and this is the way I think about it. Like Mike Norvell didn't know that Nick Saban was going to retire. Kalen DeBoer didn't know that Nick Saban was going to retire. If, if one of them winds up getting the job, I mean, it's really, really hard to turn down Alabama. So yeah. what are you going to do? Like, yeah, it's 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 a wild world we live in right now. It it sure is. And I'm glad you are here to decipher it. Speaking of deciphering, Pete, I, I want to decipher some Lane Kiffin tweets with you. Right? This is this has become a, a new feature with us. So we Tyler Barron is an edge rusher from Tennessee who committed to Ole Miss. Now, there's the the the, the ad drop date becomes a factor again. He's got some some friends who played at Tennessee who were looking at Louisville. There was some smoke that maybe Tyler Barron was looking to flip to Louisville. So we got we got a tweet from Tyler Barron. It's the checkered flag, the finish line. And uh it says from Oxford, Mississippi. Just 
Bear that in mind. Now we got a tweet from Lane Kiffin. You ready, Pete? Yep. It is Brad Pitt with the letter K from Moneyball. What do we think this means? At this time, Lane Kiffin is pissed off, and the athlete may have not have talked to him for maybe 24 hours. And mm-hmm. Lane is extremely confused what this Tyler is yesterday, right? Is. Yeah, it it is yesterday. What a time to be alive. Yes, it seems like two years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was yesterday. And so now we have another tweet from Lane Kiffin. Shortly after that, another Moneyball tweet. This is Jonah Hill celebrating, and it's a, and it's Kiffin with laughing emojis. Location, guys. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Lane Kiffin realizes he got him. He's on campus. And Tyler Perrin's going to be a rebel. <laughs> Can't make it up, folks. The only question is, is Lane Kiffin going to be the Alabama coach? <laughs> <laughs> I guess for viewers, real quick, Tyler Barron visited Louisville last weekend. Yeah. That was why there was speculation about where he's going to go. And Wesley Walker and Tamarian McDonald took those visits with him. Um, yeah. And they obviously are at Louisville now. Yeah. Well, and Louisville is the other like really active portal. Like mm. I, I would say Ole Miss and Louisville are kind of the portal portal champs so far for I this would, offseason. Yes, 100%. Um, and if Lane somehow ends up at Alabama, then I think Louisville will uh, outright have that title. <laughs> so, unbelievable. Because then the Ole Miss portal would open. God dang. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. Pete, thank you so Walter much. Walter Nolan will be back on the market. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Put him back at number one in the transfer portal yeah. rankings. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Pete. So thanks so much, Andy. Have a good one. Love catching up with Pete Nico. So we probably will do that again very soon. But that is all for our shows for this weekend. What a week it's been. We started out in Houston at the national championship game. We watched Michigan win a national title. Uh, we we heard Ward Manuel say he's prepared to lose Jim Harbaugh. Remember all that? Now we don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. He could stay. He could leave. Uh, Nick Saban retired. Bill Belichick got fired. The whole world, our pets' heads are falling off. It's crazy. Just crazy. Our next show is Sunday night. We do this Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Subscribe to the On3 Sports YouTube channel. You can see the show. You'll get reminders when we go live. You can come heckle me. You can listen in podcast form, all your favorite podcast platforms as well. So if you got to take it on the go, we're there for you too. But we will talk to you again on Sunday night unless Greg Byrne comes through with his 72-hour promise and Alabama has a new coach. Trust me, there will be an emergency show if Alabama hires a coach before Sunday night. We will talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.